When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that could have told Ronnie Dyler everyone's against him when he first arrived. This week on Heart and Hand... Boo! Welcome to Heart and Hand, Rings podcast. My name is David Edgar. I'm your host, and I'm joined this week by the returning prod eagle son. Yes, it's Scott Vandenacker. Hello, hello. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. And uh, we, we, you know, we, we've only got Scott for a, for a brief period today. Like his lovemaking, Scott is going to shower us with joy, but only for a very short period of time. And what I'm hoping is that, like my lovemaking, the briefness will be matched by the intensity. But I wouldn't. Put any money on that? Well, it's it's effort, isn't it? I mean, you you get an A for effort. What you lack in looks and stamina, mate. Yeah, actually, I wouldn't give myself an A for effort either, really. No, oh, good no. point. Um, tell them the interesting thing that you were telling. We were discussing about how you don't get many modern serial killers anymore, and uh, of course, when talk comes to serial killers in Britain, you think you know Sutcliffe, don't you? He's one of the greats. Some, um, some of our people of our generation certainly, I think, would think Peter Sutcliffe. And we were talking about how you had, you know, the Jack the Rapper, Peter Sutcliffe, and you don't really get that much anymore. Tell them your interesting theory on this, Scott. Well, you see, you do get some serials, right? Yeah. But obviously... The lorry drivers. Yeah, obviously. Um, David, not all lorry drivers are serial killers. No, 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 I didn't say all lorry drivers. I, I agree with Eddie Stobart's figures that only about around about 90%. Exactly. I mean, my friend uh, at school, his dad um, only killed two students, rolled him a carpet and buried him in a shallow grave. That's barely a serial. Barely a serial at all. So, right, so you still get serial killers, but David and I, looking back, we're a bit older than maybe some of our listeners. To be on the pinnacle, being like the, the Kilimanjaro, 
it has to be a lady of the night, a streetwalker, doesn't it? Yeah, was, that was the traditional oeuvre. And, and now you don't get that as much. So I was I was thinking, why would this be? And you know what I think it might be? Go on. I think they're less old-style prostitutes. I think the internet may have killed off them wandering up to Blythewood Square and giving someone a tenner to gam me off. I wonder if they're just all indoors now. Spanking off the filthy internet porn. Absolutely. And maybe some of these ladies are just in a bedroom with a webcam. Ah, that's a good point. And yeah, I mean, you, you can get all these things now, like contraptions that you put lotion in and then you can sit it atop your um, engorged member. And uh, apparently it feels like a lady's front bottom. What, a faux vagina? Ah, it's like a, yeah, like a, a faux knee. You know, see what I did there? I took the word faux and replaced yeah. far. Um, yeah, yeah, and apparently you, you kind of cover it in, like, lotion and then just... If that had, if that had existed when I was 20, I, I would still be single. I think so. I, there's, one thing does spring to mind, though, David. Yes. If it was late at night, OK, and the house is all quiet, there's nobody about, you finally get a chance to flip one of your laptop, uh-huh. you just want to watch the football. Yes, these days, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, oh God, God Almighty, yeah. Revisitor, right, great. You might go, ah, it's uh, Cheeky Chappy, Guillaume Balaguer. Let's yeah. see what insight he brought. Yeah, yeah, it's an age thing. Speaking yeah. of which, um, Rangers uh, won two, two, probably our two biggest games of the season so far, if you include the, the St. Johnson one. Uh, our bookended by the our bookend this pod this week. Uh, we asked Cami Bell to tell us what he thought about the St. Mirren game at the weekend and also the upcoming Hibs game. So over now to to the the Livingston lover. It's uh, Cami's thoughts on the week. Joining me now is uh, the legend of Livingston. Yes. Uh, the, the East Coast Lothario, which I should have kind of alliteratively added an L in as well, now I think about it. But anyway, it's Cammy Bell. What a wonderful introduction. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not uh, not at my best today, Cammy. Uh, as, uh, as we were discussing there, um, I'm off on holiday at the moment. And whereas most people do exciting things with holiday, my wife's off to Dubai to visit my stepdaughter, uh, who lives out there now. I am locked in the house. I'm not going out because I hate people. And we went to the supermarket before she went, and I bought like a week's worth of non-perishable food, like frozen meals. Yeah, frozen freezer. Frozen <laughs> meals, totally stacked. Frozen it? meals, pot noodles, just in case, right? <laughs> stuff that can that won't go off. Um, loads and loads of stuff that, I, and I've downloaded box sets. I've got books, and literally the only thing that I haven't done is dig a moat. Have you, uh, like, had a bath and, like, peed in it and all that kind of stuff just to enjoy your total freedom that you have? You know how prissy I am, Cammy. I would <laughs> never, ever pee in a bath that I was in. But, uh, oh, no, I, I'm very much loving it. But I was saying to Cammy before we went, uh, before we came on air, that I, I spent the morning watching the film Major League. And I don't know if, if those of you remember that bit in Friends when, when they're doing the quiz and they, they say, what's Rachel's favourite movie? And it's Dangerous Liaisons and her actual favourite movie, Weekend at Bernie's. Well, when asked, you know, what's your favourite movie, I always say something like Leon, you know, Luke Besson, very cool, very stylised, um, but in reality it's Major League, and I was just expecting how he off, Major League, fantastic, and he didn't. No, it's, it's not a good film, I mean, don't get it wrong, it's not, I'm not saying it's terrible, but it's not like a Navy Seals, 
type film which is just awesome in every single level. I'd, I'd, I'd have it. If the world was exactly like it is in that movie, then the world would be a better place. And I'm sorry, if you don't get a thrill out of seeing Wild Thing and Charlie Sheen with his 80s haircut back when it was still the 80s, walking to the mountain, everybody go mental, then duller you of soul, my friend. Well, the, you strike me as the kind of person who thinks that the Godfather 3 rounded up the trilogy perfectly. <laughs> no, I think the Godfather 3 was shite. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I do love the first two movies, as any sentient human uh, would, but no, the third one... You can't get past in the third one... Well, what's her face? His daughter? Oh, Sophia Coppola. Fucking hell, man. And yeah, she's she's awful. She actually acts better in the in the earlier movies when she's pretending to be his son yeah. and also uh, a baby. Well, the, uh, the other thing about... She started walking and talking and it just all fell apart for the, her. The other strike against her is that she directed Lost in Translation. And again, I'm going to show how uh, I'm not a film buff here at all. I like Bill Murray movies, you know, shit Bill Murray movies. But see those Bill Murray sits around looking sad movies? Just he hit he hit that kind of phase where he moved away from talking about when he he carried for the Dalai Lama and started like you know trying to act. Yeah, and he he sits and he looks at things sadly for an hour and a half, and people go, "Oh, it's art," and you're like, "It's kind of shite, though." And, he, and if I remember rightly, he doesn't pump Scarlett Johansson in that film, does he? No, I don't think so. I fell asleep, so he, you know. Even 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 if it was non-consensual, you would still have a go. I don't think I would, Cammy, and I think Scarlett Johansson. Really. I, I think that what you've just suggested, Cammy, is highly illegal. I think what I you'd say is you would ask only, her only in in some European countries. Uh, I, again, I don't know Livingston, but I would just like to say for the record that the only type of sex that Heart and Hand encourages is consensual. Well, not Dingwall. <laughs> I was going to say you allow that guy free reign on this on this podcast. I simply will not be dictated to in terms of how my uh, my sexual powers are, are, are thrust upon the world. Well, if you're going to allow Mark Dingwall a soapbox. Speaking of thrusting, Rangers went to Paisley and uh, thanks to a fantastic thrust from Jason Holt, managed to secure a 1-0 victory. What were your thoughts on that match? A uh, tough game. Was, Very tough yeah. game. We, we, we spoke in the, in the previous week's podcast when I was uh, recording it from a cave that um, it was going to be a, a hard fought, a hard kind of slugger, if you want. And uh, in fairness, so these are the games that you have to win to win leagues. And and, and, and that's, you know, was, was evident from the fact that I think that for large periods of the games, large periods of the game, we struggled. Um, I, I thought Fodringham had his best game for Rangers, if I'm being honest. Oh, he did. Um, he was a man of match. He was, yeah. And, and, and I know we've discussed Fodringham before on the, on the show and stuff, but... Um, there's almost that kind of slight. Well, if your keeper's the man in the match, then you know it's not as not as comfortable as you would have liked. But in fairness, he did well. Uh, I was astounded at Lee Wallace's back pass. No, oh, crazy. It looked yeah. like it was going into the back corner. Um, but no, overall, as I say, pleased that we got the three points. Uh, there was a part of me that was thinking we might even have come away from Paisley with a draw. That probably would have been all right. But you know, uh, eleven wins on the trot now, so we're starting to. We're starting to get the first few grumblings from people that are suggesting, oh, we only play one way and we're not doing it as well and things aren't going as well. Uh, are they valid or are people really just, you know, drama queenery, moaning for the sake of moaning? 
you know, what, well, what was it? Is we, it fair? We, we, do, we do love a good moan. We as do. A Rangers, as a Rangers church, we do love a good moan. And um, you knew, bizarrely enough, even if you won every single game in this season 4 0, people would moan about the fact that we weren't really tested enough before we then get promoted and go into the top flight. I'm, I'm pretty pleased, if I'm being honest, about the fact that we didn't perform well because it gives us a taster of, yeah, when you start facing probably more serious competition, then this is the kind of thing that you have to you have to try and put up with. And in some cases, it's not about showboating and, and, and doing things with all the bells and whistles. Sometimes it's about grinding out a result, and, and that's that's what we did. Yeah, I think that, we, we spoke about this in the pod the other week, that I think that when it first started, it was all really exciting, and the team was playing well, and the fans were up for it, and we were smashing teams they hadn't seen us before. What's happened is, second... You know, set of games. The teams have gone back to the drawing board. They've figured out, right? Okay, we we need to stop this and stop that happening. And in this kind of period of us readjusting, we're still picking up the results. Now, if we're still playing like this in four or five months, then yes, it's time to worry. Uh, or if we go in three or four defeats, then it's time to worry. But when you're still winning. While you're going through this readjustment, because teams are obviously sitting on the fullbacks more than they were. Teams are obviously trying to get through, if you like, a kind of soft underbelly where it's only holiday a lot more. And while we're trying to figure out how we can best cope with the resources that we have, because we still don't have six or seven options to bring into the side, we just don't have that, then I think that as long as we're maintaining the results, that's the key thing, surely. Well, it is, of course it is, and, and the three points, I mean, it's the old cliche, isn't it, about, you know, it doesn't matter about the performance, it matters about the points that you take away and all that kind of stuff, and I think I think the thing is, though, that if uh, if if we were in the second season of Warburton, then we might, we might be having this discussion where we would probably look at some of these concerns, but because we've went from shite to brilliant in such a small period of time from the close season and where we were last year... Um, I think that the, the initial performance is pretty much astounded everybody. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to see that that's starting to temper slightly. And it's not because necessarily we're taking our, our you know, our, our foot off the gas. It is like, you're right. And we did talk about it previously that teams are starting to learn about how to play against this and how to, how to probably come in the offensive against us slightly more. People are defending better because we're now starting to go through the second rung of fixtures and all the rest of it and stuff. So they've had experience of it firsthand. But then in the same perspective, it's a, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. You're going to get injuries, you're going to get suspensions, players are going to get tired. Um, where, you're, where you're also looking at it is, it's great being able to do it on a really nice sunny day, you know, last weekend in August at Ibrox. But when you get to mid-January, away at Alawa on a Tuesday night and all that, that's where your team's character has to come out. That's where you're really looking for leaders, where you're really looking for... Um, Results to, to, to probably follow up the hype that you're, you're building. And you've got to remember, we're on a great run with fantastic momentum. Um, and at some points, I don't think, and I'm going to stake it now, I don't think we'll go through the season uh, unbeaten. I think that that's a very, very big thing to hope for. But what I'll be really interested in, um, and it's probably similar to the St. Johnson game, is how we cope with it after that after that bubble burst, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and no one will be happier than me to be proven wrong if it's the case that we go through the whole thing and listen, that'll be a medical. Don't yeah. be wrong, it'd be, it'd be huge. But at the same perspective, it's it's you, you learn a lot about players when they're on the shit end of the stick. And that and that's where I think that I'd like to see as to how some of these young chaps will, will deal with that. Can we give a bit of love to Jason Holt, who I think has been quietly excellent this season? 
He has. He's been, and I feel bad for him. And I actually, I actually feel a bit remiss about the fact that we probably haven't done a bit more about shouting him out because he's been very underrated in my opinion this season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah, uh, from a consistency perspective, I think he's done very, very well. And and again, I think it's it's evident with a lot of the players. But really enjoying his football, I think that's quite clear to see. Yeah, he also looks a bit like um, Tony Hawks, not the skateboarder, but the the BBC Two panelist comedian guy who had a, a hit in 1987 um, with Morris Minor in the Majors with stutter rap. Uh, yeah, and didn't commission a second series for Alan Partridge. No, that wasn't him. I thought it was. Is that not the same guy? No, oh, no that's Tony Hales. <laughs> Tony Hales, <laughs> yes. No, we won't use the Jason Holt uh, Alan Partridge. Combination again then? No, I, d- I d- don't think it worked. For all we know, he could be addicted to Toblerone. Possibly, possibly. It doesn't uh, doesn't look like he is, but you know. Uh, so no, I think Holt, as I say, Holt's done well. Um, I thought a couple of the players were off the off the ball a little bit. Uh, I wasn't hugely impressed with with a great many of them. No, me neither. Um, but as I say, I'm pleased to see Fodderham getting a, probably a fairly consistent test. Yeah, I think uh, we've dipped in form across the side in terms of several key players. And, and as I say, we don't have the options. It's uh, And people talk about plan Bs a lot of the time. Well, it's like we could put Ryan Hardy in, but we'll still play the same way because you're not going to shell balls into Ryan Hardy. And I think that what's happened is a few key players aren't playing at the same level they were a few weeks ago. I don't think Halliday is. I don't think that Tavernier is. I don't think that uh, Lee Wallace is. I don't think that Wycorn is. So that is going to lead to a bit of a dip. But I do think that the team has shown that they do have... You know, they, they do have a set because it was a tough game. There was tackles flying in. Um, St Mirren were, you know... Your fans had turned up and were getting right behind their team in that curious way they do by booing absolutely everything for 90 minutes and never singing. And uh, it was a tough, tough game. And, and this is probably slightly cynical, but I would settle for us playing good football in most of our matches and aiming to entertain. But in the away matches, the two away matches against St Mirren, the two against Hibs and the two against Volkup, just getting results. Yeah, so we, we I think that we would have... Uh... We would have liked to have seen six points from St Mirren and Hibs. We'd, we'd love four. We'd probably take two. Um, I, I still, I mean, I know we discussed this last week, I still don't necessarily subscribe to the fact that the season's finished if we beat Hibs on Sunday. Uh, but you're right, we want to be able to try and get decent performances. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I suppose I'm not really concerned too much about entertainment. I, I, I get the fact that, you know, It'd be great to, to absolutely run rings around players and all you know all that kind of stuff. It's just for me, it is about the performance. It's about probably that churn effect of getting that result, keeping that momentum going, seeing development. So one one of the things that we've talked about when we started calling out some of the players across the the course of this season so far has been that we've seen players develop. We've seen players who previously were were not not really setting you know the world of but in actual fact now are really starting to come into it. So it's about probably seeing that evolution in the team. So you talked about Ryan Hardy. It'd be great to see Hardy coming in and providing something which, you know, we haven't seen, but he's then making his own stamp on on, on the game and in the team and all that kind of stuff. So um, it, it's probably about trying to continue to encourage players to have that expression. Uh, and that's what I would like us to be able to try and, and, and do because I think that we've, we've got some key talent in there. We just need to make sure that we're not getting hacked to death, if you will. That that's the big thing that concerns me is that 
when you see these teams trying to defend against us, it becomes very cynical, shall we say. We have brought in two off-the-field signings, uh, buyout-room signings, if you will, uh, and Ian McParland, head of recruitment, but we've also signed uh, Neil... How do you pronounce the guy's name? McElhurst? Uh, yeah, him. We brought him in as a sort of head of analysis and stats and whatnot. Now, somebody who who dips her toes in that world quite a bit, Cammy. How important are these? You know, to, are they signings that uh, that really needed to be made? Was it something we were struggling without? And and what will it bring to the club? So, I think from from a a head of analytics perspective, I know that uh, Warburton used used them at, uh, at Brentford as well. And uh, I think it, it, people are kind of slightly concerned that it starts to adopt into that, you know, that Moneyball, uh, Bill James type of idea of it's not about the performance in terms of holistically, in terms of what you do in your game. It could be about passing, it could be about penetration, it could be about tackles, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think what that will do is it will start to show us deficits, um, which is something that we've tried to, to look at. How Warburton will use that uh, that information and that content into potentially adapting a team will be very very interesting to watch. Um, when you I say think, sorry, Cammy, when you say deficits by that, what do you mean? But uh, things we're not doing enough of that kind of thing. Well, possibly. So we've we've talked a lot on the on the on the show, for example, about how it's felt a lot like as if we've. Um, uh, we've conceded goals through the same kind of manner yeah. in terms of it's been Route 1. We've talked about the fact that we've conceded goals from, from set pieces, like corners. Uh, we've, we've maybe not seen as much as Andy Halliday in terms of where he's been playing now, in terms of probably forwards and backwards in terms of what he's done. So I think that what that will do is it will start to probably highlight a lot of these things, but obviously with the content behind it. It's very good you and I sitting here as laymen turning around and saying, well, you know, all, all we see is goals. You know, goals being conceded from the middle of the park, yeah. straight down the middle of the line. But I think what it'll do is it'll start to show where those moves started from, where that you know where the ball loss was, where uh, the, the the real energy has come from in terms of being able to try and come at us. Um, I, I think that, that right now is probably one of the concerns for Warburton. I think that'll be something he'll want to try and, and, and show up because that that will only get more difficult as as we get promoted next season and, and, and as I say more teams have now learned how to attack us um, as somebody who gets involved in scouting now we've, we've got um, McParland who's come in now he's obviously going to bring with him a wealth of knowledge already will he be working towards January or is it more a, a, a thing to be looking at the summer what what will his remit be it, what I mean is is somebody with this kind of skill set can they deliver if you like almost immediate recommendations or do they have to go away and analyse what we already have and what we need and all that sort of stuff I've not been I've not been too aware um, in terms of what he's done prior to his appointment at Rangers and I mean within the last few months but my, my kind of general feel whenever I've, I've read about um, guys involved within recruitment and within obviously scouting pieces is even if you're not working for a specific club, you've still got a, a real involvement within a network. You've still got a keen awareness of where players are and if you've had people that you've had your eye on and all that kind of stuff as well. So I would dare say that he's come into the role probably with a, with an existing knowledge base, if you will, mm-hmm. in terms of players that he, he will be aware of. Whether that happens in January, personally speaking, I think that that's quite, quite quick. I think that that's a very early target for him to be able to try and hit. 
Um, but he'll also have to look at. I mean, he'll he'll have to look at Rangers as as a, as a first eleven and also as a squad and look to be able to try and find out if uh, we have key injuries or suspensions. Where are we soft in certain areas of cover? Um, so it'll be. I think it'll be down to what Warburton's looking to try and and, and shape over the next probably six to twelve months. Uh, because there's a lot of hurdles to overcome in that time. We've got to get through this season. We've got to get through uh, potential loanee signings returning to their parent clubs, and then hopefully uh, promotion into the top flight. So we've got Hibs away on Sunday. It's got to be a tough game. You're on the east coast and are aware, I'm sure, that the that the Hibs fans are quite confident with this one, given that they have been getting results. How do you see it going? I think it'll be tough. Um, Hibs are Hibs are starting to get a game together now, and um, I think the six-two game flattered us and they were really off the boil. I think that there's been a I, I think if there was ever, ever a game that, that as I mentioned previously showed a level of progression from last season to this season, that six two game right at the start was was probably it. Um but they're now starting to get some decent results. They've 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 conceded goals early on in games and still come back to win and all that kind of stuff so their confidence is definitely growing. Um they'll be out to do us. David that six two game will be in there mindset and they'll they'll want to start mounting a serious title challenge. I think that they might have been a bit concerned about where St Mirren were going to get involved in things. St Mirren haven't done brilliantly. Um but I think Hibs will start to get that that momentum continuing uh, into into Sunday. As I say, I think it will be a tough game. It, it could you know it could be a four 0 whitewash who might go over there and absolutely steamroll. Mm-hmm. Um but I actually I actually think Hibs will be very determined to try and get something from us on Sunday. Yeah, I think uh, first goal. Uh, it's a cliche, but because it's true, um, I think if we get it, we could pick them off quite comfortably. I think if they get it and get a bit of momentum behind them, we'll have to show a wee bit more defensive grit than we've maybe managed at certain key points this season. But it will be interesting. Cameron, as always, it's been a pleasure. Where can the the, the people find you on the Twitter? So on the Twitter, uh, my handle is beat that beat. Uh, and it would be wonderful for you to follow me because I'm hilarious. Well, I can't argue with that. Ladies and gentlemen, Cameron James Bell. Always interesting to hear from Cammy, um, who I, I'll grudgingly admit knows his stuff. Uh, he thinks a tough game ahead, Scott. Well, I think it's interesting to hear from Cammy. I've only been gone for three weeks. Yeah, he's, he's, that he's got his feet under the table, hasn't he? I mean, really, yeah. he he's been angling for this for a while. See, I thought I'd seen off the challenge of handsome boy modelling school mm. and his facts and his knowledge about the game. Mm. Now Bell's just, you know, he's he's up the he's ante been, he's again. He's up, hasn't he? He has. Um, well, basically, I, I will try maybe and raise my game. Okay. I'm going to try and offer insight that maybe Cammy and, and Handsome Boy can, okay? Okay. I, I think at Love Street, the lads gave 110% for the gaffer. But with that goal, he hits it, and that's going in. Yeah, as soon as he hit it. Wasn't it Love Street, though, mate? Well, it's the best I could do, sorry. Yeah, no, they, they don't... What's it called now? Uh, I think it's just called New St. Mirren Park, believe it or not. It's a crap name for stadium, isn't it? Well, it's just a crap team, though. I mean, we joke about this, the the, the booing, but it is true. I mean, I think it was like a minute and 40 into the match when the the first stadium-wide boo went up, and that's all their fans do. They just boo constantly. They boo the ref, they boo the opposition, they boo the opposition fans. They never sing about their own team. It's always, you know, songs about us that they sing. And it's just so... That's such a negative environment, and then they wonder why they're always shit. Yeah, well, I suppose 
it's hard for them because Celtic weren't playing until the next day. Yeah, true. So, so you know, they they, they were obviously focusing on on their team. Are you suggesting that uh, in the Parliament, Scott, they may be Celtic fans we need us for? I think so, um, which is actually like a lot of Celtic fans these days. It seems, <laughs> yeah, judging by their average attendances. Uh, yes, on the, atmosphere. on the plus side, if you work on the buses, it must be nice. That's excellent, yeah. yeah or perhaps nice. if you're a parkhead, one of the cleaners. Yeah. <laughs> so, what? That's oh, not, really? No, that's oxymoronic. That's right. A, yeah, a parkhead cleaner. Oh, yeah. A singular. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, do you know that, that, that? That's kind of like a non buoyant swimmer. It's, uh, it's just not When's something the last time they famously give someone a Johnny's bucket and a mop, though? Yeah, that's right. Um, the great, greatest ever manager. Want uh, yeah. to take care of that car park joke. Exactly. So, it was not a classic performance from Rangers, but let's look at those bright sides again. Good goal. Yes, very good goal. Three points. Got it right up St Murn. Mm-hmm. Can't argue with any of those three factors, can you? No. Now, the game on Sunday, I do think, might be a little close to call in that we were confident of winning, and we should be, but they're confident of winning, and they should be. And it's one of those matches that could be decided on who gets off to the better start, or a refereeing decision, or anything like that. Because it, it could be quite a... Both sides, I think, are capable of going out and hammering the other on their day, and both sides are capable of being hammered if they get certain aspects of their game wrong. Would that be a fair assessment? It would be. The last game between the two sides was, as you remember, a bit of a mixed bag. If the man with the potato head, mm-hmm. which sounds like a Robin Hitchcock song, doesn't it? It does, actually, yeah. yeah. I was like, Robin Hitchcock this week, lovely. If the man with the potato head hadn't missed an absolute sitter with no goalkeeper from about five yards, then I think we'd have gone on to lose. But he did miss it. Got a great goal. That day, though, was worrying because Hibs do have some good players. What they did very well was the first time ball into the striker's feet. He cut us open a few times. None of them could hit a cow's arse with a banjo. So, yes, there's a risk, obviously, in this game if Hibs find their shooting boots. Yeah. Yes. Uh, against that, though, I think that it's been slightly overplayed of how well Hibs played that day. They did cut us open a couple of times and they should have scored one of them. But we also cut them open several times and should have scored. We'd four or five good chances that seems to have been forgotten from the narrative from it. And had we scored one of our chances in the first half, I think we would have buried them. Equally, had they scored at what was a pretty critical moment in the second half, they would probably have went on and held the win. But I do wonder if we're perhaps... What Hibs were great at that day was shutting us down. Yeah. Which is, you know, a good thing to be able to do. But... I don't think that the ability to shut a team down and hitting the break is something that will stand them in that good a stead at home. Well, I think if you look at the points situation, even a draw was not much good to them. No. I think it's our big advantage. Yeah, that was why Sunday was crucial, wasn't it? Yeah. We had to get... Look, we, we're unbeaten. Hibs are on a winning run. And they're desperate. They were desperate to close the gap before they played us. Yeah. Now, all the pressure on this game is on them. If, as you said, see if the first 15 minutes aren't going well... We can just shop shop for a while and see if we come away with 0-0. Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't help them. They're going to have to win this game. They're at home and I think that's our biggest single advantage in this game. If it was Ibrox again, actually, I'd be more perturbed. No, I get that. I do understand. I think that this should hopefully open up a wee bit more for us and we, we certainly won't have the excuse of, well, they, they put 10 men behind the ball because I don't think they will. So Neither do. It doesn't matter. We'll put 10 men behind the ball and kill the game. Yeah, that was that was like that Man U Man City game a couple of weeks ago. Nobody wants to lose it. Yeah, so nobody nobody tried to win it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very interesting stuff. But Scott, we we don't bring you on here for football knowledge, do we? Don't we? 
But what about the Bulgarian second? I was going to do a roundup. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, we're going to save that. Remember, because we we, want to, we don't want to just do that on uh, you know unpromoted. We want to build up to that. Is, is 2016 looking good for that? Exactly. My European special. Yes, yes, Jalemba 2016. Uh, as yeah. promised, we'll, we'll get to that one. Scotch youth team roundup. But uh, what you can do is after a few weeks off, I think we can come back with uh, a few entries in this week's sporting integrity competition. This morning in Terry competitions when we look around the world of Scottish football and see who's made the biggest arse themselves over the past seven days. If there aren't many in Scottish football, and there usually are, we'll look further afield and this is where Scott comes into his own. You are, you know, without a doubt, Scott, you are the, the Lou Reed of funny foreign football stories. I'd like to think that that was a thing. And if it is, it's going on my letterhead. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, 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 I think you should have it in your gravestone. Here lies Scott. The Lou Reed of funny foreign football stories. No, it's, it's quite good. It's, it's, better, it's better than what I think will happen, which is like some, you know, the way that kids can't spell anymore. Yeah. Let's face it, when the guy comes to do your headstone, uh, he's not going to be able to spell your name right. No. He likes Scott Van and Tractor. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. He likes Scott Smith. That, he likes Scott V, and then yeah. he's just given up and there's like a gap. Plus, if I'm skint then and I've got to pay by letter... And it will be Scott B. SV, won't yeah, it? SVD. <laughs> yes. I'm not paying any more than that. Yeah. So, David, 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 right. Been away for a few weeks. There's so many. Should it be Celtic fan who flew to Mulder a week early? Still had a better time than actual Celtic fans. Who I, think, I think you should bring up the Celtic fan who flew to Mulder early, for those who missed it. Um, one young Declan uh, booked his flights for Mulder a week before the game took place. So I ended up flying to Oslo and then to his connecting flight with no football was on. Yes. And still had a better time than the Celtic fans who went the next week. Yes, uh, but I mean that, that is spectacular. And the thing is, that's one of the things you do in life that is with you forever, isn't it? Yes, I mean, you'll never live it down. Should it also, I mean, it can't be him, of course, because Celtic are barred. Could it be Ronnie Dyla, who started talking about Rangers again? I've noticed, him? Yeah, I've noticed that. The pressure seems to be on, which is odd, because Aberdeen uh, have just completely given up the season. Aberdeen won the first eight games for the first time since 1910. Yeah. Haven't won since. Haven't won since. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Um, and basically, Celtic won the league by October. Yeah. He's apparently under pressure. Um, I think it's. I think it's because that they have all cottoned on, as you can tell by the by the attendances. They have all cottoned on that no one's coming um, to watch it because the league is bad and it's not yeah. worth winning. So you then have to look at Europe as your testing ground, and they're not doing well. I mean, you can't dress it up any other way. I don't care, but... No, but the other thing, I've got some actual, of course, there's actual sporting integrity, which, of course, is the figures that came out for, did you see it for television? Go on. Um, In Scottish football, because of the way, because basically they they bribed everybody into a joint deal, not just the SPL, it was to stop Rangers setting up their own TV deal while we were in the lower divisions. They quickly, the SPFL, made sure that everyone had to sign a deal. So Rangers have gotten... By far the biggest viewing figures last season, by a mile, um, and we're getting less money than Hearts and Hibs and Inverness Cali, who I think were third in the SPL, um, despite having the biggest viewing figures, bigger than most of, the te- most of the rest of the table put together in terms of viewing figures. That's an actual SI. That was just one that would make you weep rather than laugh. Mm, exactly. So, it's just... Uh, they, they complain about it, they moan about it, but they talk about it, and the reason that all that happens is because we're the only show in town. 
nothing else for them to watch except yeah. us. So I've got a few. So I'm just going to have to head abroad. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to go overseas. Um, I've got a lovely, lovely little report, lovely little chap. Okay, called Colin Class. Okay. Okay. Colin Class was is in Guyana, which is in South America. Guyana's FA. Okay, and he's been allowed to run again for head of the FA despite being banned. Yeah. Okay. In fact, he's finished his ban, you see. And apparently, in the small print, there's nothing to stop someone who's been banned for British de- right, sort of rising again to be the top man. Well, he's done his time. Yeah, but there's a reason he probably shouldn't be. Go on. Formal report that was conducted into, you remember the 2011 cash for votes scam? Yes. Which, of course, isn't over yet, because we're now finding out that Russia and Kuwait were always going to get it. Do you hear about that, yeah? Well, Russia and the USA were supposed to always get it, but then yeah. um, Blatter's trying to say that Platini come in and said, uh, no, no, Qatar's got to get it. Yeah, so basically that part was all agreed beforehand. But anyway, there was a formal report into the cash for votes scandal, right? And Colin Class was brought up, his role in it was brought up, okay? Uh-huh. This was what it said about Mr Class in the full report, okay? Mr Class entered the meeting saying, why is this door locked? This one here? Is that where the people are getting bribed around here? Let me in. <laughs> the middle official then allowed Mr Class into the room. He exited after a few minutes with a smile on his face started giggling slightly. <laughs> I love the idea of the bribe room. Yep. And I also love the fact that the only way to get a bribe is if you're in the bribe room. Right, yep. it's, it's not, it's just like you happen to be in there. Yeah, it's like, I can't just bribe you, sir. Yeah. You have to step into You have to step room. into the bribe room. And they don't even, check. once you're in, they don't go, well, who are you and, and what can you do for us? They just go, well, he's in the bribe room. So, yes. you know, he's got he's got to be worth something. There, there's like 10 grand. I wonder if you went in maybe to serve canopies Come out with a brown envelope with hundred thousand pounds. That's what I mean. If you just wandered in there, you, you, you fell asleep like that bloke this, at Liverpool. Yeah, is this a gent? No, it's a bribe room. Oh, sorry, I was yeah. looking for the gent. Well, did you see the bloke uh, Liverpool? Um, a chap was was uh, lost on a stadium tour. No, no. Um, he was wandering Liverpool doing a stadium tour, and uh, a bloke got lost uh, in the stadium, and they had to then they had to then go and find him. Um and uh, cue, cue many a joke about was it Adam Lallana? Hey, yeah. Oh come on, thirty-seven million pound well spent there. Yeah. Oh, wait. Um, did you hear about the guy as well? Now I think it might have been. Don't stop me. The Portsmouth. I he fell asleep in the toilet, pissed. Yeah, I saw. That. I don't. I don't think it was Portsmouth, but yeah, he fell asleep and he was locked in the stadium for seven hours. Until he set off an alarm. Yeah, I think it was like Swindon or something like that. But the bloke, uh, he said he'd had a couple of drinks, went to the toilet, sat down, fell asleep and woke up seven hours later. Now, mate, that's not a couple of pints. No. He also said brownly that he wasn't upset about not making it home and he wasn't upset about the police getting called. Apparently he's upset because he didn't have his shoes on anymore. Yeah, that's ropey. If you see a guy sleeping in the toilet at the football and you nick his shoes... I know, so bang off. Maybe they were nice Adidas Bamba. It, it doesn't matter what they were. You don't. I see. I'm not a big one in stealing. See, you know what I'm like. I I, I couldn't do like secondhand clothes or, but especially oh. not secondhand shoes. No, you couldn't. You're too clean for that. I'm far too clean. No, I don't even. I have my own bowling shoes. Exactly. Yeah. And then you eat your dinner off them. Ah, you? yeah, you could. You I mean you wouldn't? You but, wouldn't. But you, but you could. Uh, and if I not, did eat my dinner off them, you'd, you'd bend them and set them on fire, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's like my favourite Viz joke of all time was about, and I apologise to the the young lady in question, as I'm sure it's not fun to have uh, issues with your weight, I'm sure, but uh, it was, do you remember Claire from Steps? 
Yes. She's famously had issues with her weight after uh, after leaving the band and having kids. Is it yo-yo yo-yo diet, yeah, David? She, she's gone up and down on it. And uh, if it's any consolation to clear it without wishing to be sexist, pretty much either way I would. To be honest, she was second in line after the filthy looking one with the dark hair. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Lisa, Scott Lee. Aye. Yeah. But anyway, um, a guy wrote into Viz and said, what has happened to Claire from Steps? Years ago she looked like you could eat, <laughs> you could eat your dinner off her snatch. Now she looks as though she'd beat you to it. <laughs> Which is awful and we condemn it, but it's quite funny. That's the sexism you get these days. But can I just say, folks, we're paraphrasing. Yeah, we're se- not. No, we're not in any way. No. We're being witty. We're actually playing with the, yeah, the boundaries. We're, we're setting up the stereotype, if you will. Setting up the stereotype. In, in many ways, right. this is postmodern. But it's a po- we're part of postmodern Malays. Yeah, it's Pomo. Pomo. El Salvador. Okay, we haven't been to El Salvador for a while. I haven't. Primera Division Team Sonsonati. The President Pedro Contreras clarified his position after being caught on camera, upset and aided by the help of drink. <laughs> Telling coach Hector Yara, you're a total mediocrity, the worst coach ever, God your shit. <laughs> Contreras, let me make it clear, I apologise to Hector, I apologise to everyone, I apologise to God, I apologise. Hector Yara in fairness said, I accept his apology, he was tired. <laughs> and emotional. And very emotional indeed. Uh, a couple more. I've got one man who does not believe David and Rock in the boat. And I know you're the same. Yes. You're a traditionalist like me. A full traditionalist. You know, ain't broke, don't fix it, okay? No, agreed. Super agent Jonathan Barnett was interviewed after FIFA figures showed that of the £12 billion spent on transfers worldwide since 2013, £1 billion had gone into the pockets of agents. Nice. He said, football's better than it's ever been. Everything's wonderful now. We shouldn't change things, especially not these things. No, well... Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got to, you, you can see where he would, would come from in that. What I liked there was the fact that he was a super agent. Yes. If, you, if you're going to be an agent, that's probably the best type to be, but I, I, I'd prefer it if that meant that he was actually super agent and turned up wearing his pants outside his trousers and a cape. Yes, and saved players from... Like a bus, could do. It was always like a bus teetering over the edge of a school bus teetering over the edge of a cliff, wasn't it? That Superman would, would turn up for. More likely in this case would be a player saying, You've only offered me £60,000 a week. I'm always crashed my car into a tree. Yeah, Ashley Colstow. And I, then he would turn up, rip off his top, save Ashley's car, step in front of it, bend over the tree and save Ashley and help him get maybe £120,000 a week from another club. Yeah. Scott, you like Alien and Aliens and the, 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 the programme, oh, sorry, the movie series Alien, don't you? I do, yes, I do. Who would win a fight, right? Yeah. Who would win a fight out of the Alien mm-hmm. and Davy Weir? Well, to be honest, Alien would probably just ask for Davy's autograph. Yeah, that's a good point. I'd end up chatting to him about football. Do you know what? I was, I was hoping for a funny answer, but that is actually what would happen. As well with him. I mean, the alien then go back to its home world and say, see who I'm at? And they'd all go, Davy, where you? And he'd be like, oh, you, you heard? Fun. And that, yeah. what a downer that would be. They'd all heard they'd already met. Mind you, it'd be the talk of the galaxy. There would be a talk of galaxy. Everybody would be like... so, A couple of quickies to let you go with some favourites. I want some pod favourites, okay? Okay. First, brilliantly, just to show the kind of thing you would do as well, David. It's mm. a bit of a David tribute today, isn't it? Yeah, we're good. It, Pretty much all days are, but uh, yeah. or should be, should be, and it will be one day. Okay, <laughs> yes. Mexico, Mexico. Former international 
Cotomic Blanco. Oh, yeah, him. yeah, bouncing guy, ball bouncy bloke. Yep, we squat guy, Cotomic Blanco, elected mayor of the town, Cuernavaca, okay? Okay. And he had to, obviously, he had to give them his agenda he was running for, which was a respect agenda. Okay. And he had to fill in a candidacy form. You know what he did for his candidacy form? No. Nope. Cut and pasted his Wikipedia entry. <laughs> That's awesome. That is just br- and he won. Yeah, so he should have won just for that. Exactly. And lastly, Gigi. Yay! Gigi was freed from prison, as you know, at the start of the summer. No prison could hold him. But he doesn't want to be too hands on anymore because, of course, he's given his life to Jesus. Remember? That's right, I guess. He's a very much devout man now. So he's named his new executive team, right? And see if you recognise the names they've been on before. You might recognise a common link, common thread. Okay. His new executive team for Stoya, Jika Popescu and Meme Stoika. Weren't those the ones that went to jail? Those were the ones that went to jail. Ah, okay. I don't need this high profile anymore. I don't want to be famous. I love Jesus. Anyway, we're going to be out soon. (laughs) (laughs) It's far be it from me to to cast the spells about the sincerity of of, uh, his conversion to Christ. But, uh, But let's just see if time will tell. I think time will be the great healer here, David. Yeah, I, I, I think time might. Well, it's been so long that he has to he has to swan in and take it. Uh, the winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award, Gigi Buffon. Cali. <laughs> Gigi Buffon can win if you like. <laughs> well, he's a man of the right. He's a man of the right, I love that phrase. Okay, right, the winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award is now shared between Gigi Buffon and Gigi Bacali. I salute you both. Okay, that's pretty much it from Heart and Hand this week. All that remains for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles, to thank our sound engineer, Mr Charlie Ashworth, to thank Cammy Bell for coming on and sharing his uh, his football knowledge with us, and to thank, we've missed him, Mr Scott Van Den Acker. Thanks, David. It's good to be back. And I hope that our Rangers victory the weekend reduces Alan Stubbs to a weeping potato-faced wreck. Did I do Rangers offside? Yeah, that was Alan Stubbs, by the way. Watch it, it will be that. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, it's easy enough to do. Just heart and hand on Facebook, search for us. Follow us at ibroxrocks uh, on Twitter, and you can follow Scott at Scott Hearthand. And you can email us uh, ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk. That's everything. My name is David Edgar. I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers, bye. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.